Welcome. You are listening to a special episode of TLR's podcast. In this series, we are talking to the reviewers who brought you TLR's 55 most reread books. Each episode breaks down the list into specific favorites for that reviewer. You can find more reviews and best of lists on thelesbianreview.com. Today, I'm talking to Michelle, fabulous reviewer of books and music on TLR. Michelle, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, today you're talking about your favorite rereads from our recently released 55 most re- reread books list. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> a constant companions, I think, is uh, the shorter version. And that's true, isn't it? So, what is it that draws you particularly to, to certain books, and why do you keep coming back to them versus other books? Um, I'd say mostly characters. I have a a real passion to get into a character's head and see what their motivations are, that kind of thing. So if it's a really engaging character, I'll um, definitely love that book. Also, the reason I like spec fic more is the different worlds, um, whether it's fantasy or science fiction, the whole different world building that goes on with those. It's pure escapism. Absolutely. What is your first reread? So the first one is Shell Game by Benny Lawrence, which I think is also one of your favorites. Yes. So the synopsis for the book is, Life in a remote fishing village in the middle of a civil war is neither safe nor inspiring, so when an opportunity comes along for village girl Lynn to be kidnapped and enslaved by a ruthless pirate queen, she takes full advantage of it. But Darren is neither as ruthless or as piratical as she appears at first, and Lynn is not exactly what she seems to be either. In between encounters with old girlfriends, a slow death involving marmalade, and bounty hunters with no sense of humor, Lynn and her new mistress attempt to work out exactly what they are to each other, and who's in charge. Lynn is obviously in charge. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> the, the, the tiny little femmes are always the ones in charge. <laughs> this is my philosophy. I like to call her my, my feisty sub. There we go. All right. So let's talk about this book a little bit. What is it that keeps you coming back to it again and again? I mean, it's it's a pirate book, so it's got that going for it. Uh, Adventures on the high seas, for sure. And it's pretty well balanced, so there's there's like a darker side to it, which I, I enjoy. But it's also got a lot of humor, so that really drew me to it. <laughs> the dialogue is hilarious. And the banter between the two, like, I was laughing out loud a lot. Also... The relationship between the two of them, I find it's a dom-sub relationship, but it's very consensual-based, and I really enjoyed that aspect of the book. Even though you don't get into the sex too much, um, it it doesn't describe any of the scenes, but the whole dynamic of that relationship. It's so interesting for me, this book, because this book is, like, on the surface, it's a funny pirate story, romance, with action-adventure kind of stuff happening. But when you peel back the layers, it's a deep commentary on society and on ownership and on consent. Yeah, and agency, I think, too. Absolutely. It's such a fascinating book, but it's so well-written. And Benny Lawrence is an evil genius with her comedic (laughs) timing and ridiculous situations. And then... Out of nowhere, you'll get the the you know left hand punch of something really hectic that happens. I, I find like it's just an up and down of, of emotions. One minute you're laughing, the other minute you're like, 
really deep in thought and great read. Completely. Okay, cool. What is your next book? Uh, so my next book is the Arjulam series by J.S. Fields. Um, so for First Dawn, which is the first book in the series, the synopsis is, Neek makes a living piloting the dilapidated tramp transport Mercy's Pledge and smuggling questionable goods across systems, blessed with peace and prosperity. She gets by, but only just. In her dreams, she is still haunted by thoughts of Argelum, the traveling planet that long ago visited her homeworld. The Argelins brought with them agriculture, art, interstellar technology, and then disappeared without a trace, leaving Neek's people to worship them as gods. Neek does not believe and has paid dearly for it with an exile from her home for her heretical views. Yet, when the crew stumbles into an armed confrontation between the sheriffs of the chartered systems and an unknown species, Fate deals Neek an unexpected hand in the form of a slave girl, a child whose ability to telepathically manipulate cellulose is reminiscent of that of an Argelin god. Forced to reconcile her beliefs, Neek chooses to protect her, but is the child the key to her salvation, or will she lead them all to their deaths? Such an interesting book, and such an interesting world that Fields creates, and such an interesting sort of uh, science-based technology and interesting sort of stuff happening there was so much stuff happening in that book right so j.s field's brain is like probably five times the size of my own <laughs> so i probably only got like a, a small portion of all the scientific stuff in the book but i got enough of it to be kind of all inspired by how cool it was yeah for sure yeah and and just in terms of the the world building just the the politics the religion, the different moralities, and, and how they all intersect, and the perceptions clash between the different species. I, I was totally drawn into that. Can we also just for a moment appreciate the fact that the different species were not all humanoids? Yes. Yes, special call out to the Manugals, which is a complete mouthful to pronounce, but little purple sentient volleyballs or <laughs> beach balls. <laughs> With ears, but no no arms. <laughs> and the way they operated their technology was just completely interesting too. So I loved that. I thought it was such an interesting space to, to be in, apart from the really in-depth character work that goes on behind the scenes between um, Neek and... Uh, what's her name? M. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's it's such a sweet and interesting relationship between them in the first book, and that actually evolves over time. In the uh, slowest of slow burns that I think I've ever read, yes. You have to, though, because she starts off as a child, and then because of the, the, the way she evolves, if you like, she kind of doesn't age the way we age. They kind of go into, like, a, a pod and then come out, like, older. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wish we could reverse that you want to be like 12 again <laughs> yes <laughs> so what has you coming back is it the first book particularly or the whole series that has you coming back it, it's the whole series honestly I, I can't even tell you how many times I've read it and listened to it the um, audio version is really good as well uh, the narrator did a great job Lynn Norris yeah fantastic job Mostly it's, like I said, the world building, it's just so different. And the, the combination of the science and 
and the space bottles because, you know, we all need pew pew in our lives. <laughs> hey, you've been talking to fields with a pew pew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I recognize it. <laughs> Everyone needs pew pew. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the characters, the, the whole found family that, that goes on on the ship um, with Jordan and Nicholas and, and Nick and M is great. The relationship is so full of emotions, especially once you start getting into the later books. It's like, oh my God, so many emotions. And the a really nice selection of non-binary characters and pronouns used throughout the, the book, depending on, you know, species and, and, and what was going on there, which I, I really appreciated because there's a lot of rep there. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty. So for space operas, go get that. For piratical um, adventures, get Shell Game. I'm seeing a pattern here. Definitely. <laughs> there, there, there might be a, a pattern in my, in my favorites, yes. Thank you for spending your time with TLR. We rely on the support of listeners, patrons and advertisers, so please click on our links to buy. Check out the show notes to find our Patreon link and support our advertisers. You are listening to the Lesbian Review Podcast. We bring you the best lesbian books, movies, and music reviews on thelesbianreview.com. Okay, what's your next one? Uh, The next one is The Exile and the Sorcerer by Jane Fletcher. It's the first book in the Learmouth Chronicles. And the synopsis is, The quest for the stolen chalice is a sham. Her family's excuse to get rid of Tevi, exiled in a dangerous and confusing world with monsters, bandits, and sorcerers. Tevi battles demons within and without as she searches for her place in a strange new world. Gemeral has her future planned out a future that will involve minimal contact with ordinary folk who do not understand sorcerers. Her ambition is to lead a solitary life within the coven and to devote herself to the study of magic. It is all very straightforward until she meets Tevi. Two unlikely allies join forces to defeat an insidious evil and on the journey find one another. That sounds like fun. It is a lot of fun. This book has made a couple of our lists, I think, on TLR. What's so fab about this that keeps bringing you back to it? I mean, this book has the distinction of being the first uh, lesbian book that I ever read. So there's definitely that. Mostly, I think it's it's the relationship between the two lead characters, Tevi and Gemeral. You've got your warrior and your sorcerer combining forces. So it's definitely an interesting dynamic between the two and it's a quest novel so I I love a good quest I'm a bit of an adventurer so yeah (laughs) anything that's about that is uh, definitely going to attract my attention if you were a fantasy character what would you be (laughs) I'd be the grumpy warrior (laughs) (laughs) you are so not even vaguely grumpy but I could totally see warrior I can I mean, technically, you haven't seen me walking for like eight hours because if I was walking for eight hours and there was limited food, I would definitely be cranky. That's me. So is it this particular book that you keep coming back to or the whole series? 
uh, the whole series. This book is, is a, more of an introduction to the series, so you're just kind of meeting the characters. A lot of the adventure, there, there's still adventures and action in this one, but most of the adventures take place in the rest of the series. That's awesome. And there's how many books in the series? It's like four or something. Uh, four, I believe, yeah. Okay, so, so far we've got a pirate adventure, <laughs> we've got a sp op space opera, and we've got a fantasy series. Okay, I like your diversity. Yeah, you know, I try, I try and capture all of the uh, spec fic genres. <laughs> okay, where's your next one? So my next one isn't straying too far away from the fantasy. It's more of a darker fantasy, though, and I just I love this book. Um, it's also part of a series, The Sting of Victory by S.D. Simper. It's part of the Fallen Gods series. So the synopsis is, When Floridia, a witch granted power by an unknown demon, deceives an alluring foreign diplomat, she is promoted to a position of power to conceal her falsehood. Thrust into a world of politics and murderous ambition, she has her gentle heart and her familiar to guide her, as well as a drunk celestial with a penchant for illusion. Meanwhile, Lady Ayla Darkleaf, grand diplomat of Nox Cathar, smiles with predatory charm and wields her blades with a dancer's grace. Floridia falls into a toxic love affair, one she knows will end in heartbreak. But as Ayla's legacy as a vampiric creature unfolds, Floridia begins to see the broken woman behind the monster. When a foreign emperor dies at the hands of a mysterious interloper, one who seeks to collect the greatest sources of power in the realm, Floridia's kingdom is charged to stop him. But Floridia's devotion is torn between duty to her own and the woman whose claws grip her heart. In the ensuing clash of gods, Floridia must choose her loyalties with care. The fates of the kingdoms rest in her hands. Okay, so you say this one's darker. Yes, it is definitely, it's a dark fantasy. It's, it's just, it's this brilliant combination of the dark fantasy, but with this scorching romance. So it's definitely exciting. It's got incredibly flawed protagonists. Floridia is a a witch who is very naive and very sweet, but has like a really dark past and has done some pretty horrible things. And then Ayla is, um, she's dark and mysterious, uh, very sensual. <laughs> it's, it's this great gray morality between the two of them that causes them, even though they seem like they're completely on different ends of the scale, they really do have a lot in common. It sounds like something I should pick up. Oh, definitely. It's it's up there on one as one of my favorite um, fantasies for sure. The world building is is incredible. The the mythology uh, of the gods and the magic system. It's it's a great. And then you know you've got witches, vampires, and all sorts of different creatures. It's centaurs, I believe. And and it sounds like it's a big book. It's fairly, uh, fairly thick, and it, it's only the first in the series too. So be prepared. How many in the series so far? <laughs> I believe there's four. When I was grabbing the synopsis, I noticed that she actually put a, a quote from your review in there, which was cool. Yeah, I saw that too. It was kind of neat. <laughs> we get a little nerdy when you know people actually take us seriously. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and you've got one more recommendation. Oh. Before I move on to that, I just want to say also there, there's an incredible power play dynamics in the relationship too. So that kind of draws back to my theme of uh, shell game. <laughs> Everything is intertwined. 
I'm definitely seeing some uh, some common threads here, Michelle. Okay, so my last one is The Three by Megan O'Brien. The synopsis is 25-year-old Anna is ready to give up on living in a post-apocalyptic world where unchecked sickness and slaughter have killed off her childhood tribe, family, and best friend. But when Anna unexpectedly interrupts an attack on a beautiful woman lounging by a lake, she is drawn into the relationship of two other survivors of the sickness. Young, idealistic Aelin who welcomes Anna into their makeshift family with open arms, and Aelin's lover, the older, more jaded, Kale, whose dark and brooding nature initially keeps Anna at bay. The threesome journeys south for the winter season, but is beset by accidents, relationship strain, and an attack upon Aelin by a group of religious fanatics who believe that a woman's duty in the post-apocalyptic world is to bear children and repopulate the earth. Kale and Anna's fragile love connection will be tested repeatedly. Will they find a way to work together to save the woman they both love? Intense, exciting, and sexually provocative. The Three is one book you don't want to miss. This is also quite a firm favorite among the team. Like, I've had a lot of people recommend this book. I must confess I have not read this one. So tell me what draws you back again and again to it. The sex is so good. (laughs) Okay, but it's O'Brien, so it's like... Of course it is. <laughs> it's kind of my guilty pleasure book, uh, to be honest. The there's a a post apocalyptic setting, which you know is another one of my my favorite kind of uh, settings to read about. So um, there's that, and also there's um, a poly relationship. So it's like a triad, and it worked really well. Like the way O'Brien wrote it, it felt very natural. It didn't feel odd or or anything so um i appreciated that it was really good and there's a dark and brooding character always (laughs) i like dark and brooding (laughs) dark and brooding with a good sense of humor is that a thing i don't know it's totally a thing okay (laughs) and and actually a lot of the a lot of the books you've spoken about today seem to have sort of managed that at least shelge has sort of managed that yes like excelled at it i would say yeah which of these is your most, most reread? Hmm. I'm going to say The Ardulum if you include audio because I haven't listened to the audio of any of the other books. And so I've read them all quite a bit, but with the audio added. The Ardulum is the only one with audio. None of the others have audio. Well, that would explain. You actually did the first book in the Ardulum series for a book club in early 2019. And it actually went down really well. A lot of people actually discovered that there was, in fact, science fiction with lesbian characters and uh, are now great fans. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. I'm so glad it went over well. Michelle, where can people find you online if they listen to this podcast and decide you're awesome and they must connect with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Suli's Killer. Facebook, I believe, Michelle Lynn Blakey. I will put... Links in the show notes for anybody who does want to follow you. I suggest you do. Michelle's hilarious and and <laughs> posts the most adorable pictures of her dog. She is adorable, isn't she? Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning into the special TLR podcast series where we have been chatting about our favorite rereads. Please make sure to use our buy links for Amazon or become a patron. 
Using our buy links gives us a small commission on purchases you make on Amazon within 24 hours of clicking the link. Becoming a patron means you get exclusive content. Go to patreon.com slash the lesbian review for more.